Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by italki. Their sponsorship makes this whole podcast possible. If you haven't checked them out, then I recommend that you do that. You can find qualified teachers for lessons, community tutors who are English native speakers for speaking practice. And also, you can organise language exchanges, which give you a chance to talk to native speakers who want to learn your language. It's a very successful and vibrant community with literally millions of people using it. So check it out. Find a teacher or a conversation partner and start speaking and really work on your English fluency. Visit teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an italki logo on my website, buy some talking time, and italki will send you a voucher for a free lesson. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, folks, and welcome to the podcast. Here is the third and final part of this trilogy of episodes about the latest Star Wars film, And in this one, you'll hear a conversation between my dad, my brother and me that I recorded just after we'd seen the film a couple of weeks ago. Now, I know that this is perhaps a little bit too much Star Wars content on this podcast. Even if you are a fan, it might seem like overkill. So let me emphasize the value of the conversation in this episode as an opportunity for you to learn some natural English in an authentic way. You'll hear us talking spontaneously. And then in the second half of this episode, I will explain some of the bits of language that come up in the conversation. So this isn't just a chat about a film. It's a way to present you with real British English as it's actually spoken. When my family were staying with us for a few days during the Christmas holiday period, fairly soon after our daughter was born, Dad, James and I left my wife and mum at home to look after the baby and we went off to see the new Star Wars film. This has become something of a tradition now at Christmas. After seeing the film, we came home, drank some red wine and then recorded our thoughts and comments for the podcast. That is this conversation. Uh, as you'd expect, we were feeling quite excitable after having just sat through two and a half hours of intense Star Wars action and we were also slightly tipsy on French wine. And so the conversation is quite animated and lively. You will hear us talking over each other a bit. Not every sentence is completed. Some words get cut off as we interrupt each other. And although that's all completely normal in conversations like this, it might be difficult for you to understand everything, depending on your level of English. But watch out for various nice expressions that pop up during our chat. I'll be explaining some of them later in this episode. Right then, so let's hear that conversation now. And remember, of course, that this will contain lots of plot spoilers for Star Wars Episode Eight. So if you haven't seen the film yet, please do so 
before you listen to this. This is your final warning. Plot spoilers are coming, so please don't let us spoil your enjoyment of the film. You can always come back to listen to this episode later if you want. So, try not to talk over each other. Let's... This is a weird mic. Um, is it? It's quite heavy, but it's it's unusual. It's, it's not the one I'm used to. It's not a, um, a sure SM58. That'll be what it is, yeah. It's a good microphone, though. Yeah. Um, so, let's try not to talk over each other too much. Okay? Okay. Yeah? Good. I need your agreement on this. That's why I, I'm waiting. But when, but when the creative urge comes on him, yes, you know he'll he'll want to inter, in, interpose. So you do this. If I do, interlope, do this. Interfere. Look. Interject. What? Do I have to do that? Into it's something. Radio conditions. The people listening to this can't see us, right? So they, for example, when you said, "What? Well, I have to do that?" They don't know what you're referring to. No, I'm. That was the joke. You see, I okay. was making out that you'd done something. We'll try not to talk over each other, I promise. Okay. James, what has just happened? What, in fact, where are we first? We're in your Skypod, mm-hmm. um, overlooking Paris. Uh, we've got a glass of red wine each. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've just got back from the cinema where we saw the new Star Wars film. Name? Uh, uh, the Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. Le Jedi Dejeuner. Actually, it's, Le, it's, it's actually Le Dernier Jedi. Le Dernier Jedi. That's it. Not which Le Petit is, Dejeuner. No, that's breakfast yeah, in French. The last breakfast. Le Dernier <laughs> Jedi means uh, the last Jedis, plural, mm. in French. In French, it's plural. Anyway. Jedi, it could be, is, is a plural or a singular. No. In well, English. Yeah. But in French, because, you know, the... Uh, because le and dernier, the les, adjective has course. to be plural les. as well. So les Jedi les implies more than one Jedi. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a plot spoiler. Les is it? Dernier. I don't know. I don't think it is a plot spoiler because um, it works both ways. Anyway, so as we've just got back and we've seen your lovely daughter, Are you, have you talked about her already? Um, by the time this goes out, probably yes. I think that's a bit more important than the new Star Wars film. Yes, but of course. You don't want to go too much about yourself do you it's 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 a objective english learning experience yeah, you're trying to foster. But having said that um i got so uh, many responses to the subject of the fact that we've had a child that i feel like people expect me to talk about it so i i, I wouldn't want to be self-indulgent and just talk about myself and my own life but pe- I, I got so many comments and likes on facebook just from saying we had a child that i feel like people want to hear well, about it. your daughter is gorgeous and all in one piece and seems very healthy and alert and um it's a wonderful thing and i'm i'm now an, an uncle yeah uncle jamie <laughs> <laughs> you've become uncle jamie could have been uncle james uncle jim but it's uncle jamie uncle jim sounds a bit dodgy you sound like a, you sound like <laughs> a you sound like a farmer from sounds like someone who'd sell like mint balls or sweets or tobacco uncle jim's tobacco. old english whiskey or something, not mm. English whiskey, that mm. doesn't exist, but you know what I mean. Old okay. English moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, Dad is here with us as well. Granddad to you. Granddad, now. Everyone's sort of family names have changed now. I'm not, I'm Dad now, you're <laughs> Uncle Jimbo. <laughs> Uncle Jim. And this is Granddad. Granddad. <laughs> How does it feel to be a Granddad? I'm uh, feeling very old. Very, very old. I'm now wearing a flat cap. And I'm sitting by the fire, smoking a pipe, 
and um, dozing all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no change there then. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> I reckon we should we could do an hour of conversation about becoming a uncle and a granddad now. Um, but um, we have sat down in order to talk about the new Star Wars film, which is less important than the birth of a child in the family, of course. There's no question about that. But anyway, nevertheless, in the world, this is a thing that's happening. Star Wars is in the cinemas, and um, lots of people will be going to see it. Um, it's a successful film in the box office. It, it's, it hasn't made as much money as Star Wars Episode Seven, the previous film, but it has been a success, definitely. I don't know exactly what the amount is that it's taken, but it's taken a lot of money. Not that that's the most important thing. Well, it is to Disney. It is to Disney, and there's the whole business corporate side of this that we could talk about. But um, how are you feeling now? Um, actually, yeah, how are you feeling? Um, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, what did you think? Uh, I enjoyed it, actually. I mean, I wasn't expecting, I didn't know what to expect, although everyone online seems to hate it. Online? On the internet. Yes, you, but... You know, you're aware of that phrase, online. Yeah, of course, but... But from what I've heard in the press, a lot, there's a, been a big backlash against this film. From the diehard fans. The story is that the press um, have overwhelmingly um, rated it highly, but the fans seem to uh, disagree, and uh, the fan reaction has been mixed, with some people being really passionately against the film, and a lot of other fans really enjoying it. But there are Rotten Tomatoes and uh, IMDB and a few other websites where um, fans can leave reviews of, of films... Um, lots of very negative, hateful reviews have been posted on those websites about this film. And people are wondering um, whether they're genuine. Like some people think that they're sort of fake reviews created by um, uh, online people who absolutely hate it. Um, but anyway, the fan reaction has been mixed, it's fair to say. The internet's going a bit weird at the moment, isn't it? It's, it's really it's, weird. Someone's, you know, certain people, um, we don't know who, <laughs> are um, sort of trying to sort of, sort of sway popular opinion Mm -hmm. with the power of online comments and uh, judgment calls there are elements of uh, you know people saying that some of the reviews have been uh, um, like fake who said that because I know I said it but apart from me Um, who else has said it uh, I don't know exactly who but uh, reviews I've heard on the radio have talked about this um, the forums and things that I, you know, on Reddit, for example, that lots of people right. have been talking about that as well. Talking about what? Just about the the um, the story is uh, the the critics loved it, and so the conspiracy theory is that the critics are all somehow in the pocket of Disney, which is ridiculous because Disney are not paying critics to to positively review the film. But it's interesting that critics generally are praising it, and a lot of the fans or the audiences have been very negative about it. But not all of them. The, the, fan, the fan score, as far as I remember, on Rotten Tomatoes has been about 56%, whereas the critic score was something like 90%. So is there a theory that the score has been dragged down artificially? Yes. The, the theory is that the, the fan score has been dragged down by a small group of fans who passionately hate the film. This is starting to get crazy. I mean, getting... you're, you're talking about some kind of space fantasy adventure where nothing is real. And you're saying that people who are online criticising it may not be real and they hate the film. There are other things to hate much more than whether this is a good film or not. Mm. So, um, are you fans of Star Wars? 
Well, uh, I, I was a fan of the first original Star Wars movie. When I saw it, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Did you see that in the cinema? The first film? Yes. 1977? Yes, yes. Can you remember when you saw it? Um... You you were you were very very small. I'd just been born, I think. Yes, um, and um, I can't remember exactly, but I remember thinking, "Wow!" And the effects were terrific. It was a great storyline, and I came out thinking that's one of the best films I've ever seen. Really, and it was terrific. And then the next one was um, the Empire Strikes Back, and that was, if anything, even better. I mean, the, you know, the space battle effects were great. The storyline was good, and everything else. After that, I think it started to go a bit weird, and and when we got to Jar Jar Binks, I definitely lost it. So, um, you know, this was a return to the franchise for me. Well, we had episode seven, which, you know, this is the second film in the sequel trilogy that we just saw today. Yeah. There was episode seven, which we saw two years ago. Yeah, I slept through it, I think. I don't... Th- well, you didn't, because we, <laughs> you said that you liked it, but... Uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, so the sequel trilogy is a return to form, you think? Yeah, so I can't say I'm a Star Wars fan as such. I mean, I mean, I was a huge fan of the first film. The franchise, which is now a Disney franchise, seems to be set to go on forever. And I do think they've got a problem in that we were all absolutely astonished by it 40 years ago. But now CGI is so, you know, everywhere and... The characters are kind of running out of steam, and the and they are repeating plot lines, and um, it doesn't have the same wow factor anymore. So it seems to me they're exaggerating everything to try to keep it going, mm-hmm. uh, like especially the number of explosions per minute. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's you, you'll have to ask James what he thinks of the film. I'm probably you know not the, the ideal customer, but um, I thought it was very impressive, but it didn't move me. Okay, really? Hold on. So, James, same question. Are you a Star Wars fan? Uh, Broadly speaking, yes. I grew up with the original trilogy, which Mm -hmm. I was a very big fan of. Did Did you see any of those films in the cinema? I think we saw Return of the Jedi in the cinema. Definitely, yeah. I remember seeing it. Um, And I think later they might have rerun Empire Strikes Back, and I think we saw that in the cinema as a rerun we've seen all of the original trilogy in the cinema as special editions in no, the ni- no, no, in the no. 90s but in the 80s yeah i think they showed empire strikes back as a rerun mm. and we went to sit because i remember the snow scenes yeah. when we were very young actually i remember this because when we were kids and we used to play with our star wars figures you used to tell me about the empire strikes back you told me that you'd seen it and I hadn't, I didn't see any of the films in the cinema except for Return of the Jedi in 1983. We saw that together in the summer holidays once. But I remember we used to play around, and all I knew uh, was I hadn't, I didn't see The Empire Strikes Back for years and years and years. Yeah, in those days, you had to wait for things to come on TV. Yeah, like at Christmas, that was the only time you were mm. going to see it. But- yeah, as a little kid, though, I'd seen Star Wars and Return of the Jedi, and that was all I knew. And so all the games I played with, with you know knowing about those two films but you told me that you'd seen empire strikes back so i do remember the and we had an attack walker didn't we wasn't that in the empire strikes back I've, i had an attack walker but i had it yeah i did i i got that from a friend i, I think we borrowed it or bought it, was it second from a, hand a second hand second hand slightly chipped and we had lots of star wars figures we had lots of star wars figures it was my favorite film as a child yeah, yeah definitely. we had it on on video the original film on video and we used to watch it again and Tape, again taped off the tv yeah, we used to, you know, re- replay it again and again and again. So, yeah, basically, I was a big Star Wars fan. But then as I got older and 
became an adult, it became less important to me. Mm-hmm. Really? But, uh, and especially when the prequels came out, um, I was very disappointed by them after a big gap of many years, and they came out, and I think everybody used, universally thought they were very disappointing. Some people like them. Not many. What, what disappointed you about them? It didn't have the same feeling as the originals, really? basically, is what you can boil it down to. The, uh, the, the effects were all very basic well not basic expensive but all computer graphics it didn't feel real Mm -hmm. the storylines were boring the actors didn't feel like they were part of the story because they were on a green screen background the it was cheapened the whole thing with things like jar jar binks and some very silly characters they also came up with the the, uh, special editions which were like added new scenes to the original films and added nothing they Mm -hmm. detracted from the original in terms of believability and yeah. fun factor so i was ready to kind of forget star wars really some people say that those uh, prequel films which came out in the 90s destroyed their childhood well there's that scene oh, in yeah. in space it's have you strong. seen the tv series space the yes. same people that made uh, Shaun of the dead and hot fuzz and those mm-hmm. films they had a scene in which the main character um tim burns has a big funeral pyre like in return of the jedi and uh, the Star Wars music is playing. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And he lights it with a staff, and it's a big pile of Star Wars stuff. And it, there's a big scene about, we can, I can add it to this, where they talk about, but Tim, and he's talking about how annoyed he is that Jar Jar Binks was such a comic character, such a clownish character. Right. And they say, but what about the Ewoks? The Ewoks were rubbish. <laughs> and he goes, compared to uh, Jar Jar Binks, the Ewoks look like fucking Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> Shaft is uh, that's the coolest cool thing you can think of. Shaft is a, a character from a 1970s film who's like the coolest guy in in yeah. films in so movies. Jar Jar Binks made, made the Ewoks yeah. look like fucking Shaft. That's a brilliant. Yeah. That's a good line. <laughs> I do love that. You are so blind. You so do not understand. You weren't there at the beginning. You don't know how good it was. How important this is it for you? This jumped up firework display of a toy advert. People like you make me sick. What's wrong with you? Now, I don't care if you've saved up all your 50 Ps, okay? Take your pocket money and get out! <laughs> what a prick. Tim, can I have a word with you in my office? Yes. Have a seat, Tim. I was like you once. Blonde hair, scraggy little beard, childlike ears, full of beans and spunk. I let my principles get in the way sometimes. I punched a bloke in the face once for saying Hawk the Slayer was rubbish. Good for you. Yeah, thanks. But that's not the point, Tim. The point is, I was defending the fantasy genre with terminal intensity, when what I should have said is, Dad, you're right. Well, let's give Krull a try, and we'll discuss it later. The Phantom Menace was 18 months ago, Tim. I know, Bilbo. Okay, just, it still hurts. You know, that kid wanted a Jar Jar doll. Kids like Jar Jar. Why? What about the Ewoks? Hey, They were rubbish. You don't complain about them. Yeah, but Jar Jar Binks makes the Ewoks look like fucking Shaft. I've had enough, Tim. But Bilbo... I know how you feel, right? I really do. But this can't go on. What are you trying to say, Bilbo? I'm going to have to let you go. Phew! <laughs> I thought you were going to fire me then. 
I was like, <laughs> whew. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> So I was in that camp, basically. I thought the prequels ruined the whole s- saga. Okay. Well, I don't know as much about it, but I certainly thought it went seriously downhill. Well, they're starting to introduce teddy bears and cuddly toys and and this character, Jar Jar Binks, who was obviously taken from the Mickey Mouse character Goofy. And, and um, you know, it, it was not the same thing. It didn't have the same kind of menace. It didn't have the same credibility. There were some good things in the prequels, like, you know, uh, Darth Maul's lightsaber fight, the dual lightsaber. Remember the guy with the red and black tattoos on his face and uh, in a duel with Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor? That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, fine. So That's like saying Robbie Williams had some good backup singers. <laughs> you know, it's still Robbie Williams. <laughs> That's very cruel. Anyway, so, so this, this afternoon we went to see... Uh, uh, the the Last Jedi, which is supposed to be all right. We're not going to do anything silly anymore. This is back to I don't know. back to a, a, a narrative which has back to Luke Skywalker coming back mm. and uh, Princess Leia is there, mm-hmm. and so we're back to something a bit more you know like the original. We were back to that in Episode Seven, though, weren't we? You had Princess Leia and Han Solo and Chewbacca. And it, was, it wasn't just that; it was the fact that the universe seemed to have been changed in the prequels the same machines weren't there the effects didn't look the same the atmosphere the sort of attention to detail wasn't there uh, the sort of weird technology and I didn't all have the, the technology all the, all the, in those days wait a minute the prequels yeah. everything in the prequels everything looks very new and shiny and uh, it just doesn't have the same vibe but the original trilogy looked very old and sketchy and tired and broken and this uh, this trilogy the sequel trilogy does have the sort of aesthetics of the original trilogy I right think they made a big effort to bring back some of that original design attention to detail yeah and you could believe it didn't explain why things worked but you kind of believe that they did work and you believe there was some logic behind it all and they used less green screen less cgi they used more real props and uh, animatronics and puppetry um and that sort of brought back some of the aesthetic feel of the original trilogy and it, it was also the story in the prequels was very boring initially there was something about some trade dispute or something which yeah. is just not very star warsy yeah, and you just want a sort of, sort of courageous battle sequences. Really, that's what you want. I mean, they did. They were accused of going too far and basically copying the original trilogy. Like, in episode seven, in episode seven, it's just another bloody Death Star, but bigger, mm-hmm. and it's exactly the same storyline as the as Star Wars. Basically, the original Star Wars. But I think they did that for a reason. They did that to basically reboot the franchise and remind everyone: look, this is why we all loved Star Wars in the beginning, and it is basically. Um, retelling the, the original Star Wars story. But then at the end of that, um, there was this feeling like, okay, in episode eight, we're going to get something new, right? And there were lots of unanswered questions at the end of episode seven. Like, for example, who is Ray? Who is this girl? And we all expected her to have sort of uh, parents uh, in, in the universe. We each thought maybe she'd be Luke Skywalker's daughter or something like that. And there's also Supreme Leader Snoke, this sort of uh, very evil, um, scarred, old, um, dark side user who is a bit like the Emperor. And we, we all wondered who he is and stuff like that. And we just thought, what's going to happen? Is Luke Skywalker going to come back? Is he going to save the, the, the galaxy and all those sorts of things? So there was lots of expectation going into this episode, which is because 
this one that we've seen today, episode eight, was really the first time there would be something genuinely new, right? So everyone was expecting uh, something. So, but anyway, did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy watching the film, Dad? Yes, I did enjoy it. Yeah, but, you know, I sat there, I didn't fall asleep, <laughs> okay. and, and, I, and I enjoyed it, um, and I thought it was, you know, pretty spectacular. And there were certain things about it that I, I liked. There like, certain, yeah. well, you know, we'll go into details. Clever, in a li- clever little lines, quite dramatic moments, because there are a number of set pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, it moves from one set piece incident, you know, episode to another set piece to another set piece. And I quite liked some of them. I quite liked the references, even even to things like. Um, uh, the Lord of the Rings. Really? Uh, absolutely. The, no, not, the, not direct references to the Lord the, of the, the Rings. Battle at, the battle at the end yeah. is very, very similar to uh, Helm's Deep. Right. Very, very similar. How is it similar? A flat plane leading to a a, 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 a citadel built into the rock with a big door that has to be breached. Mm. Uh, yeah. And the army is standing in front of it in an old-fashioned medieval way. And the heroes are trapped and, in this... And trench warfare and all that kind mm, of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, um, there's all sorts of... It, it pulls on all these references. Okay. Uh, you know, to um, swashbuckling sword play from medieval times to... Samurai uh, films. Samurai, definitely. All these things are packed together in Star Wars, which is one of the reasons, it, you know, it works. Um, but when you say I enjoyed it, yes, I did, did enjoy it. But I thought it was too a little bit trying too hard. It was a bit frenetic in that um, there's an awful lot of things being blown up. I mean, a hell of a lot of things being blown up. Very spectacular, and lots of it. Too many explosions. Well, it just goes on and on, and and it it, it seems to devalue the explosions that really matter. Uh, when you've seen a million of them, that's it. Here comes another one. Yeah. Um, and also, I think it tried too hard uh, to keep the plot rolling um, and wasn't didn't have enough slow episodes. I don't know because that, that's one of the criticisms that the middle section is a bit slow. Once Ray gets onto the island and the the initial space battle is done, and uh, then people say that the pace drops too much. I think. Well, I think maybe when she's she's trying to persuade well we're not going to do too no, many we can, spoilers we can spoil the plot people, fine. most people have seen it They've when seen she's it. persuading Luke Skywalker to come back from retirement and help save the planet it does go on a bit I have to admit but the best bits of the film for me were the slow sections as mm-hmm. opposed to the action sequences which are very spectacular but I think that, that it was the s- slow bits which were good and if you think of the original film uh, when they climb into the Millennium Falcon and they decide they've got to escape and they have to go to light speed, but it's broken down, and so they have this to, episode you know, five. kind of, kind of have to fix it and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Well, it doesn't all happen in five seconds. I mean, they actually allow you to watch what you're happening, mm. Uh, mm. whereas this always seemed to me to be in a big rush. Uh, that all all the things that you had to follow um, to work out what they were doing happened very very quickly mm. um the other thing was that i i thought they could have done without the cute cute animals or if they're going to use the cute am- cute cute creatures yeah um you know it's a bit e- ewokism here um well the ewoks were, were ridiculous really i mean they were just teddy bears um but the pretty nasty here, teddy bears here and they but they played did play a role here. Don't you, underestimate here you've got them. some. Here you've got some cute little things that don't have any role We're at all. Talking about porgs. Porgs is what they're called, and you know, never mind. But they don't do anything apart from 
you know, every now and then pop up with big eyes going, you know, ooh. And, and they don't have a role in this film. They right. Don't, they don't, they're just thrown in there extraneously, as yeah. we might say. So I could have done without them. Um, otherwise, um, I thought the acting was terrific. I thought the main actors were really, really good. And Mark Hamill Luke Skywalker. Uh, was terrific, really good. James, your, your initial thoughts? When you came out of the cinema, how did you feel? James, stop playing with that pink gorilla and talk to me. Um, how did I feel? Yeah. Um, I felt like I'd just come out of the cinema. Okay. Uh, how, what were you thinking then? I was thinking, oh, pint would be nice. Well, we did go and have a pint of beer. And it was nice. Did you like the film? Did you? I did enjoy the film. All the way through? Yeah. Um, no, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, to be honest, I've kind of um, got over my Star Wars obsession when I was about 12. Mm-hmm. So I'm not one of these rabid fans that really cares, you know, about the franchise and really, really... But I was pleasantly surprised. Um I enjoyed the seeing the old characters again, like you know Carrie Fisher, uh, Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoyed seeing her. Um, I was sort of I'm starting to sort of warm to the newer characters. Yeah. Uh, I thought the um, I mean the first thing that struck me was um, what's his name Eddie Hitler. Wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. Oh, wait I was a minute. waiting for you to tell me his real name. Well, why did I you got... say his name then? Because he couldn't remember his name. You just said the word, you just said the word Hitler. And now because we've got... he's a character name. Now we have to spend five minutes explaining our way back down from uh, that. Well, just tell me his real name and I'll explain Aid it. Aid Edmondson. Aid Edmondson. So wait a minute. A... Let me just go on. explain it. Go then. on then. Go on. Sorry. Some of your listeners, probably or all of them, probably haven't seen, but during the 80s, there was an English comedy series called The Young Ones, uh, which you can look up. And he was one of the main characters called Vivian, who was a kind of a punk rocker, kind of a metalhead. Who was he? Wasn't an anarchist. He was he, insane. He was he was a, just a crazy lunatic okay. who would like who lived in a student flat with all these other stupid students, and he was crazy and he used to do lo- mad acts of violence, random acts of violence. Yeah. And he had studs in his leather jackets, in his denim jacket. Also had studs in his head. So and he was, he was a, a very comic character that we grew up watching. Yeah. Later on. There was a second series called Bottom with Aid Edmondson and Rick Mayle, which you can describe later if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and he played a character very much the same but grown up. Who was The character name was Eddie Hitler. Don't ask me why. I didn't make it up. But he's a very fond character that we grew up watching as, as children and teenagers. An actor that we're both a big fan of, Adrian Edmondson. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the first person people you see on screen in this new film is Adrian Edmondson. Playing, oh, wow! Playing, <laughs> playing a dark side baddie. He was playing a First Order <laughs> officer. And so all of the British people in the audience would have seen him and, and nudged each other. Look at him, it's Aid Edmondson. It is or Edmondson. Eddie Hitler. Or Eddie Hitler. Yeah. Eddie Hitler, uh, it's a, some, in some places, Hitler is a, a taboo word. The, well, I didn't make it up. No, That's the character name. Yeah. Um, so it was great fun seeing Adrian Edmondson yeah. on screen. That was the first and impression. Was, the first impression was, oh, this is going to be fun because we're going to get some... One of my favourite things about Star Wars is the kind of hammy English actors hammy uh slightly overacting possibly or or underacting the old english actors that they played the baddies and sometimes they didn't really have a bit very big role they just say one line and a slightly too serious english voice the thing is that what it reminds me of the original series of films because in the original star wars the bad guys the officers on the death star and stuff they're all played by 
classically trained English actors yeah. with this uh, heightened RP accent. But they often only have one line to say. Yeah, but they deliver it with the with the um, sort of... Uh, gravitas. Gravitas of a, a Shakespearean actor. I mean, for instance, in the original Star Wars, one of the baddies is uh, an actor we grew up watching as children yeah. in a children's TV series called Grange Hill. Mm-hmm. And he was Mr. Bronson, who was a very scary English teacher or sort of a very scary teacher. Yeah, And so we all grew up watching Mr. Bronson being scary to children and then one day he pops up in star wars and it's like that's mr bronson that's mr bronson that's right. the teacher from grange hill there's a lot of english actors in star wars there are a because lot. a lot of the films are actually uh, filmed in in england shepperton was is it, it shepperton studios or the other one i'm not sure but there are film there's studios another one. there's a documentary about it can't remember it doesn't matter and the interesting thing about ray who of course is central to this film um she's uh, allegedly come from this poor planet where um, she's she's been a scavenger and has lived, you know, on the street uh, making a living from you know, rubbish, and uh, is a is a poor girl from a poor planet, but actually she's got a very nice English accent. Yeah. And so when when she says things, she says them in a way that is almost a member of the royal family. Well, she's, she speaks quite posh, but that's interesting. Why do you think she's got this slightly upper-class accent there? I think she's just got it. The actress has. But they chose someone with a nice English accent. Because usually in the Star Wars universe, the accent does... It is chosen for a reason, because it brings a certain sort of flavour to the character. So Han Solo has got an American accent well, because... Maybe the Americans don't know the difference. No, they do. Of course they, they do. do. They of course do. they do. So all of the uh, Imperial officers in Star Wars speak with a, uh, a posh British accent, because that represents empire. The men- Military. Yeah, it's no, it's empire. And because, military. Because not just military, it's empire. Well, you be- don't get many to okay. military Sorry, commanders. Hold okay. on a minute. Okay. Hold I, on. I hear what you're saying. It is empire because for a, for this for the Americans, the classic the uh, upper class Englishman is someone who is um, uh, from the British Empire because uh, America was in a was a British colony, and um, and uh, yeah, absolutely, that's what it means. It 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 does. Um, so the upper class English accent represents the sort of uh, brutal um, and evil empire. So how does that work for Ray? Well, I don't know how this works for Ray. <laughs> and it's they didn't want a she's main a nice character. Girl. I mean, she's an educated, clever girl. And they wouldn't is. want someone like she's talking not some like kind of uh, it's, know, it's, ignorant woman. It, I think it is. Well, I don't know if it is significant. But she's got royal blood. No, I don't know, ah. but the, the, the thing is that lots of the online, the crazy online fans, took this the fact that she has this accent as evidence that she, of, of her family line. So, because for two years, since episode seven came out, for two years people have been speculating about lots of things about this film. Like, who is Ray? What, what are, we uh, still don't know. Who are her parents? We st- well, we seem to think we know now, but we're not sure. But um, people have been speculating that because of her accent, that she must be Obi-Wan Kenobi's daughter or that she's like the Emperor's daughter or something because of the way she speaks. But maybe it doesn't mean anything. They could have picked a girl with an American accent. No, what would be the... But she's a, she's a British actress. I mean, you know, yeah, why but, she, would she put an American accent? Because she's in a galaxy could far, have chosen far away. An American yeah. actor, well, well, well if you say that, but the character of Finn is also British. She's from London. But he speaks with an American accent in the film. Is that because he was a stormtrooper and they're Americans? I don't know. They just interesting. Very interesting. I, I heard an interview with him about this very subject, and he said he did the audition in his English accent, and then he did it in an American accent, and it just felt right in an American accent. Yeah. 
I think you can read a little bit too much into yeah, it. Which is stuff. exactly what the fans have been doing. They've yeah. been reading far too much into it and speculating far too much and their expectations and were also, built up. I think internationally she, her accent would have been hard to explain if she had a strong dialect, a regional dialect. A lot of people find that hard to understand. Yeah. And they're used to hearing RP. Yeah. Rem- Certainly Scottish is a problem. Scottish accent is a problem. Well, just generally. People. Generally, for, you know, for people around the world, they right. have a problem with Scottish accent. I mean, so they had to have it clear, so, it so clear internationally and, uh, clear it could be clearly clean. understood. Yeah. And also, uh, because of because Americans, basically, when they look to the UK, there are two uh, British accents in America. Cockney. There's Love Co- that. Co- it's Cockney, which basically <laughs> yeah. for them represents like a sort of a criminal on the streets of Victorian England in East London somewhere, like a sort of uh, a pickpocket or something. Uh, but um, then there's the uh, posh accent, which is they just consider it to be classy and, and nice. You know, all the, all the main characters, all the kids in Harry Potter speak like that. That's true. So they, they wanted someone of the sort of, with the weight and, and um, class of a, of a, a nice English yeah, accent. Yeah, but I think it would have been better if she spoke like that, yeah? <laughs> She'd be like, yo, like... Yo, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, Luke Skywalker, that's a heap of junk, that ship, yeah? So that's James, ladies and gentlemen, doing a version of a kind of trendy East London street person. Um, yes. Uh, no, I mean, no. Can you do Welsh now? How yes, about I can do well. How about a bit of this? Shi- this is the ship that did the castle running. Let's North West part of sex. Oh, oh very Indian good. Again, That's didn't terrible. It? it went Indian. Luke, what about a bit of Manchester? She could have been Manchester. Yeah, all right, all right. I, I, I don't know where my parents are and all that. Like I'm like an orphan and all that. But I think like my parents might be Luke Skywalker. That all was right. Liam Gallagher, the greatest rock and roll band <laughs> in the world. Yeah, so you can see that, that so she speaks well. I it's can quite, do it's quite useful so that people can actually understand what she's Maybe saying. Maybe the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. No one understands uh, that's what... Birmingham. You should say that no one understands anything we say when we speak in an accent. That's why they chose it. That's a, why a, they RP chose... Accent. We've all agreed. That's why they chose Ray, that actress for Ray, and they said, stick with your English accent because it's lovely and people will understand you. Because if you speak like this, then no one's going to understand what you're saying. No one will understand you. Yeah. Okay, fine. Uh, were there any bits that you particularly liked? Favourite moments? You've only I seen it once. I liked a lot of it. I like the space battles. They're always my favourite bit. Dad said there were too many explosions. There were too many. Mm, didn't really bother me. I know what you mean. It's the law of diminishing returns, isn't it? That you see one explosion and it's, oh, wow. You see a hundred explosions and you're just like... So they have Neh. to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I enjoyed the space battles. I enjoyed the bit where... Ray and Kylo Ren joined forces and kicked ass in the Imperial throne room. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the bit where the guy got chucked into the extractor fan. One it was of- like being chuck- <laughs> chucked into a like a lettuce shredder. <laughs> And bits of him went flying out. <laughs> that was cool. You mean one of the one of the red guards? They're called yeah. Praetorian guards. Got chucked into this thing, and we just it see him even get, redder. He gets um, shredded. Yeah, in a, and we were saying earlier they should have a grill over that or some sort of guardrail. It's a bit of a health and safety <laughs> issue. Isn't health it? and safety night, nightmare. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the droid moments when Luke got reunited with R two D two. Oh yeah, a, a tear sort of nearly welled up. In my oh eye, yeah, I, yeah. I liked some of the, the humour. Uh, although I think that's some of the things that the, the real diehard fans didn't like, mm-hmm. but to me it needs a bit of like lightening up because otherwise I don't want it to be like one of these superhero films like Batman where everything's deadly serious and there's a backstory to everything and everything's shrouded in seriousness and yeah. doom and it's like oh come on it's a kids film 
Yeah. Just lighten up. Yeah. Just chill out, yeah? What did you think of the moment where Luke Skywalker milks uh, a sort of weird <laughs> sea alien? I thought that was wrong. <laughs> for the, wrong for the film and wrong for many other levels. <laughs> many, many levels. But I laughed and, you know, it was funny. Yeah, it was. And big. it explains where the green milk comes from. I well, mean, they didn't have any of those milk. on... Um, they didn't have any of those on Tatooine. Because they have blue milk on Tatooine. This right, is green milk. Right, right. Well... And the way he looked up with green milk all dripping down off his beard. And went, <laughs> yeah, because he's like saying he's he's being rude to her because he wants her to get off the island. So he's I don't know. I he's think, being intentionally weird. I thought that bit was weird but funny. Yeah, um, I like the weird moments. I liked Adrian Edmondson. Uh huh. Every minute he was on screen, I was I was stoked. What about Supreme Leader Snoke, Dad? Because he he's a bit of a pussy, isn't he? Oh, I thought he was terrific. I mean, um, it, it, whether he was better than the Emperor. It's a matter of debate, but he was still a pretty good baddie. I mean, he's a classic baddie. He looked horrible. And um, he came, you know, it was lovely when he came to a sticky But end. who's above him? There's always someone above someone else, above someone else, above someone else. I remember in the original trilogy, Darth Vader was like as bad as it could get. No, You're not like, in the original trilogy. No, the Emperor was the No, but worst. the first film, let's say the uh-huh. first film, Star Wars. Yeah. There was no Emperor in Star Wars. You know, Darth Vader Hang on, well, let me oh. finish. So as kids, Darth Vader was the baddie, the yeah. ultimate bad baddie. Yeah. Then he gets shown to be not so bad, and then you find out there's another one, a next level up. Yes, the Emperor. Yeah. Oh, he's the real baddie. And now we find out there's another level up from that, and a level up James, from that. In Star Wars Episode Four, the original one, the Emperor is mentioned. Yeah, he's, you, n- he's not in the film. You don't but he's see mentioned. Him. You don't. Well, see I him. didn't pay attention to the right. script in minute detail when I was yeah. a child. Um, but I just feel like it's a law of diminishing returns again. How many baddies can you have before you start not really caring about how bad the baddies okay. are? Okay. Were you disappointed in the fact that we didn't really learn anything else about him? That he just died? No, I was glad to see the back of him. Yeah, he was a bad thing. He he was he he. I didn't agree with his political policies. <laughs> um, I wasn't a fan of his uh, methods. But some people feel disappointed that his character wasn't developed any any further than him just being a bad, weird old guy. And he's and I mean, do you think he was killed too easily? Well, I think he was very cut up about it. <laughs> sorry, sorry. sorry about that. Famous Thompson humor. Boom, boom. Um, no, I didn't need to know more about him. He was just he was just a really, really, really evil thing that had to be got rid of. But the thing, uh, I mean, and yet come from the dark side. The dark side's you know spawning evil things like him um i like the uh like james i like the um sort of seven samurai style japanese fight in the red room in yeah. the throne room yeah that was pretty impressive and um you you take for granted that the special effects involved i mean the, these lightsabers were absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. um and um i thought the Throughout, the special effects were incredibly spectacular. Okay. Okay. But as you say, a lot of it wasn't special effects. A lot of it was actually physical. Mm-hmm. And I particularly was impressed with all the machinery, that the, the, the desktop machines, the, um, you know, the scanners, the, all the stuff you sort of take for granted that they were using. Um, That's it, the stuff it, that it was... was in... Terrific, terrific kind of environment. Mm-hmm. What about, uh, Dad, what about Luke Skywalker? Were you, how did you feel when Luke Skywalker took the lightsaber and threw it over his shoulder? Well, I thought it was a bit pathetic. Either he's going to throw it in the sea or he's not. And it uh-huh. was, a, it was, it was, it was, it was just, it was just over his shoulder 
where it could be recovered again. So it, you might say this indicates his lack of commitment to ending it all, uh, but you might say he's not a very good thrower. <laughs> but I, I think that he, didn't he just throw it away rather than just... It, he didn't to... hurl it into the sea, he just tossed it over well, his shoulder in a casual manner. That, so what does that mean? Has it I mean, gone I over thought that cliff? sequence went on far too long. The interesting thing about it, of course, was the location, because... We have been there. We've been there the before. Three it, of us before it was been to before this location. it was cool. Before it was cool. Yeah, we have before been before it went commercial. And we were there. We've been to the, the, that those rocks. We've been to that that you know little collection of huts made out of stones. Yeah. We've been there. Yeah. We've been into the one that he was probably living in yeah. as a hermit. Quite possibly. And uh, we you know we took the trip across the ocean on a little boat, yeah, and we went the and this is the Skellig Islands off it Ireland. Is, it is full of porgs as well, that island. Oh, yeah, porgs all porgs over Porgs everywhere. You can't walk everywhere. Actually, oh, shit, I've trodden on another I think porg. you'll find they're actually puffins. But, um, they are puffins. I'd rather have had puffins, actually. I thought, in the film. actually, I looked in the background and you could see actual puffins in the background flying around at certain points. They're meant to be porgs flying around. Well, porgs couldn't fly with the size of their wings compared to the size of their bodies. They, they, said, that about, they said that about bumblebees, though, didn't they? Good point. But bumblebees <laughs> are light as a feather. Porgs are clearly weighty enough to make a good dinner for a, a Wookiee. Yeah, well, again, you're bringing science into this when it's not science fiction, it's fantasy. Do you think the Wookiee should have eaten that porg he just cooked? Definitely. Why did he not? Chewie's meant well, to be a maybe badass. He did. We, maybe Chewie did eat the porg. We don't know, do we? We don't see him I throwing think, it I away. Think, I think, you know, Chewie, the clue is in the name. I think he should, of... he should have chewed into that. That poor guy. I think it's a bit of lefty vegetarian he's, propaganda. He's not a soft, soft guy, is he? Um, Chewy. But I ask you about Luke Skywalker because this is one of the things that many people are, are very angry and disappointed about. That that he wasn't what people. Come on, what loads, real people are people, angry about James. this? Lots of people are. Do actually. they really exist? Yeah, they people? do. Yeah, they do. Who are they? Just fans. Who, that bloke off South Park. That they sits were disappointed. On the internet, with the big it. fat guy. People, a lot of a lot of fans have invested a lot of emotion and stuff into this. Maybe well, they, they should, should get out and live their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should. People expected Luke Skywalker to be uh, more of a hero, and he was a bit of a failure in this, mostly until the end. When I he, liked Luke Skywalker in this because he was he seemed like a real, you know, pot- potentially real character. Mm-hmm. And he was flawed, and uh, he he didn't sort of reunite the galaxy. He, you know, he was always conflicted, and mm-hmm. he, I thought he, it was good. He had to be. You know, he'd he'd been extremely disappointed. He'd failed. He'd he'd um, coached this trainee Jedi, his nephew, uh, his nephew, who had perfect credentials. Good bloodline. Except that he was the and grandson then, then, of Darth Vader. Yeah, I know, but you know, mere detail. And then um, and then he'd he'd failed. He'd failed. Why this guy he, had turned to the dark side. Why did he fail, though, do you think? Well, he'd failed in his tuition. He'd co- taught he him the arts, but he hadn't taught him the morals. You know, the he thing- wasn't a very sort of uh, engaging teacher like you are, for instance. Mm. He, he didn't have his own podcast. Hey, you're drinking my wine now, mm. Dad. Mm. I think, that. according to what I understood in the film, that Luke Skywalker failed because he couldn't live up to the expectations that everyone had for him. His own expectations. And maybe his own expectations, that because he was the guy who had turned Darth Vader uh, away from the dark and who'd helped him to uh, destroy the Emperor... So he peaked too early. ...that that Luke Skywalker could never live up to the legend uh, that had been set for him. And so in thinking that he could somehow restart, kickstart the whole Jedi order all over again from nothing, because he's the last Jedi... 
and and it was hubris. You know, he thought he could do it, but he, so can he couldn't. Jedi's be trained in that way? I mean, it's not a sort of boot camp. You've either got it or you haven't, right? Well, I don't know. I don't you know. need a spiritual vibe going on. The force has got to be strong within you. Force has got to be strong with you, and also Luke's always been a bit, bit woo, bit wee, bit wee, bit wee, bit um, bit sort of could be could go to the dark side, bit flawed. Well, massively flawed. I mean, he's just a farm boy. And Yoda always said that he was too old to begin the training. I mean, you know, Yoda never wanted to train Luke because he thought that he was too old. Have you lost your audience at this point? Dad, how many times (laughs) are you both going to ask me that question? Well, it's getting a little bit abstruse. Abstruse for very, very advanced listeners. Don't worry. As long as they understand that we're only doing it to talk English as it is spoken. Yeah, good. That has to be... We're just chatting away like you would hear us chatting away. But most people don't speak like this. What? What do you mean most people don't speak like this? Well, we're speaking sort of quite clearly. In real life, people speak a lot quicker and a lot more. Right. So when Dad says, oh, you've lost your audience, this is the point, that... Uh, when we start talking naturally and Dad assumes that we've lost everyone, that's how we should be speaking then, is it? No, it isn't. He's not saying that at all. I was just saying that we've got we've plumbed the depths of the Star Wars not, not franchise enough. Not enough as far into as fine detail now. And uh, it may just be becoming a little bit boring. That was just oh, what I was suggesting. Dad, swear thanks, box. For mar- <laughs> thanks, thanks so much for marketing the podcast to my listeners. What, why on earth would you uh, uh, make the news by saying, thanks for watching BBC News. I'm sorry, sorry if it's it been so boring, boring for you. <laughs> we'll try sorry, well, you can edit that out. Why on earth would I say that to my audience while they're listening to it? Because then they're going to think that they've been bored. I would recommend anyone to go and see this film. I think it's very enjoyable. It's found, got some what fantastic special effects. Leia floating through space. I didn't like Leia. Sp- I quite liked space. it as an image. I found it quite sort of spooky and weird. But I kind of thought, well, don't you die in space? Yeah, there a vacuum Instantly. that sucks all the air out. Yeah, but out again, of your this lungs? is this is not f- science. This and is she was fantasy. All crystallizing. Her skin was yeah. all going weird. This is stuff. fantasy. It's not science fiction. It's not Star Trek. Star Thank Trek is all about God science. Did you watch Doctor Who over Christmas? No, I haven't no, seen any Doctor Who. UK, yeah. I haven't seen any of it. No. Um, you can see, listeners, that we're running out of steam here. Dad, Dad the, has um, drunk his wine, and now he's desperate to go downstairs and drink some more. And this is more important. He'd rather... No, it's not that. He'd rather, it's just tor- that he'd rather torpedo the episode <laughs> with, with talk of it being boring Absolute than sit here with rubbish. no wine. Absolute rubbish. I just felt that we'd kind of run out of things to say. No. Well, we haven't. <laughs> I haven't. No, neither of them. I like the machinery. You Did it? you like the new Atat Walkers? Yes. Thought they were sick. They look like gorillas. They, look, they had red Did eyes. you say they're called gorillas or well, something? Well, people are calling them gorilla walkers. I like the way they walked on their knuckles. I mean, I kind of thought it was a little bit cheesy. Do you know why that they're designed like that? So they can skim across the, the salt no, flats. No, so, so that uh, they can't be taken down in the way that they were taken down in, in episode five. Oh, by roping up their Luke legs. Because Luke Skywalker worked out you could s- s- tie a cord Even around a their legs. Even Ewok can take one of those things Yeah, he can, I know, with a couple of logs. They were massively underestimating the local resistance, a bit like Vietnam. Right. In, in Ewoks. You know, Ewoks, the Vietnamese. Yeah. I mean, is that a fair 
Could or be, yeah. I think George. No, I think George Lucas. <laughs> Guerrilla War in the Forest. I think Sorry. George Lucas comes out of a generation of filmmakers who were against the Vietnam War, and they, uh, the Empire is a, a mechanized empire with far superior firepower, and they get taken down by a bunch of guerrilla fighters in a jungle. I don't think it's a coincidence, mm. actually. Yeah. So how do the new Attack Walkers not get tripped up? Because they've got special things on their legs that prevent them from being... That's why they look like special gorillas. Thing. The yeah. front of their legs doesn't <laughs> don't have any catch points. So they've, you can't sling a rope around. They've got a special attachments. Their legs have been designed in such a way that they can't be but tied up. they do up. look oh, kind of like gorillas. They do look a bit like gorillas. I thought it was quite funny the way they sort of look like they're grumpily stomping along on their knuckles. Yeah. Um, yeah, they look cool. I like the technology. Well, I think we can probably wrap it up. I mean, I, I'm, I don't know. I wanted to go into more detail about other things, but it's not, it's not always... It's, What's the well, point? There's lots of other things I want to talk other about. Other podcasts are available. Don't do that. Why are you doing that again? Why are you doing that? I wasn't saying that. I'm just saying if you want to know more about Star Wars, that are, do you know of any Star Wars podcasts? No, not no, none that I can recommend. I might talk about it a bit more if I can be bothered and they, people can listen to it or not. There'll be other episodes coming about different things. I think it was good fun. Um, it could have been much worse. I it was gen- genuinely and generally mm-hmm. uh, interested in all the way through. Didn't get bored. Didn't feel like I'd been... Didn't feel like they jumped the shark. Ooh. Quite like seeing Laura Dern mm-hmm. uh, with her purple hair. Yeah. Um, it was a good film. A good action film. I think it was a good film. The action sequences were, of course, amazing. I thought the storyline was good. Um, I loved the droids, all of them. Mm. Oh, um, the baddie droid is cool. Yeah. yeah I they, think they, he's going to come back. There's an evil BB-8. I have a feeling he's going to come back. Yeah. The reason I know is because they're making toys of that droid already. Yeah. yeah. So that means he's going to be a long-running franchise. Disney are going to milk this one dry. <laughs> <laughs> Green and, milk. And, Green um, milk. <laughs> and the... and. The bad guy. Which uh, one? Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Yeah. He's pretty impressive. I've, so I've, I, 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 I enjoyed it quite a lot. And I thought that the confrontations between Kylo Ren and Rey uh, were really well done. That, yeah. And, and between Kylo Ren and Luke Skywalker as well at the end. Yeah. The end bit was cool. Did you see that coming? Did you? Did he you... projected himself. Yeah. No. No. So you didn't. When no. he was being shot at by all no. of those. Uh, well, I kind of thought, thought he end. wouldn't be dead. Yeah, because it. it but he came out, out and he, he brushed I'm the not dust going off his out shoulder. Like that. I'm not going out like that. <laughs> I'm not going out. Yeah. No, I thought the brushing his shoulder off was a bit reminiscent of Obama shortly before he lost the election. He didn't lose the election. Obama didn't oh, sorry, lose any he didn't elections. Lose the election. No, he didn't. But he turned the tide against him by being too cool in the White House. Did he really? I think he did. No. I don't know I about think that. He, every, every time he brushed his shoulders off in public, he alienated that about was half of the country. That's true, but, but Luke Skywalker brushing his shoulder... It you reminded mean, me of... You a, mean it was unnecessary? It was, it was a bit uh, hipster. It was a bit uh, smug it, it and a bit, a bit too uh, cool. Jay-Z, and I'm not a fan of Jay-Z. So he didn't need to, sh- to brush the, the thing off funny. his shoulders. It was He only did it once. If he'd have done it twice, if yeah. he'd have gone brush, brush, I would have thrown my <laughs> cinema seat down and left and you would have immediately got onto Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> and, but the fact and written just, about you, you, the you, fact you, that he did it subtly once was just the right so amount. if he'd brushed it twice it would have ruined your childhood yes but one brush is okay yeah childhood is untainted childhood, childhood is safe okay alright then well I think we can I'll let you go downstairs and drink more wine now 
Um, thanks for talking to me on Luke's English Podcast. My audience appreciate listening to you, even if you think it's worthless. I don't it's think not it's to worthless. them or me. At least I didn't sigh in this episode. No sighing from James. <laughs> no, no, he was he was fully engaged. He was fully engaged. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for suggesting they may have got bored at one point. Some of them probably did. <laughs> and they're not listening now, so it's okay. No, it doesn't matter. They've it's gone. free fucking podcast. <laughs> anyway, it was a good film. And if you haven't seen it and you're still listening, that's an amazing achievement. Uh, not. But, but you should go and see it because it's great fun. Yeah. And I think you should, Disney should send us some free Star Wars gear. Yeah, that's right. Send us an evil BB-8 toy, please. Yeah, an evil droid, please, to yeah. me. And uh, I'd like a Star Wars onesie, and I'd like um, a chewy, a soft, a, a soft chewy, and a couple of porgs. Send as many porgs as, as you can send. <laughs> yeah, because Cheers, we George. said because we said positive things about the film, so obviously we're under oh, in, yeah, in the pay of Disney. Yes, yes. Absolutely. So Disney owes be... us big time now because that, we said positive things day. about the film. So we want porgs, evil BB-8s. Uh, we want. Uh, oh, those flying drones you can get now you can get x-wing and uh tie fighter drones yeah which can fight each other in midair with laser couple of those please things or bluetooth or and something. a lightsaber and a real one a real one a real oh, yeah, yeah. A, and a functional lightsaber and expenses trip to the skelligs <laughs> that's right yes please and also we want uh, tickets to star wars land which is opening in in disney world i think at some point soon yes all right cheers Thanks, guys. Maybe the force be. We're going to go and <laughs> always, <laughs> and we're going to go and see your daughter now, the new Jedi. That's right, the, the first Jedi. There has been an awakening. <laughs> Have you felt it? <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. Near the end of that conversation there, you you heard my dad and my brother expressing their doubts about whether this conversation might be either too difficult for you to follow or simply boring for you to hear because of the slightly geeky levels of detail about Star Wars. And that's quite a frequent reaction from them, isn't it? It's a bit annoying when they say that kind of thing. But uh, to be honest, I think they might have a point to a certain degree. And this shows that making podcast content for learners of English can be a bit of a tightrope. You know, a tightrope, that's like uh, a rope that people walk across in the circus, a tightrope. So making episodes of uh, a podcast for learners of English can be a bit of a tightrope, meaning it's like you have to walk very carefully along this line. If you go a bit too far to the left, you fall off. A bit too far to the right, you'll fall off. So getting it right can be a bit challenging. Episodes should be clear enough for learners of English to understand, but at the same time spoken at a natural speed to make them authentic. I want to be able to explore subjects in some depth and detail so that the content is original and insightful without episodes becoming too specific, too long or simply uninteresting for you to listen to. It can be tricky to walk that line. The fact is, it's probably impossible to get it 100% right every time and produce episodes that are popular and useful for absolutely everybody across the board. But in the end, I'm not going to worry about it too much. I expect um, I may have lost a few people with all this talk of Star Wars. But if that is the case, so be it. Looking on the bright side, maybe those of you who share my enthusiasm for these films have really enjoyed this trilogy. I hope so. In any case, that's it for Star Wars for a while. Now, let's focus our attention on language, specifically 
vocabulary. What about some of the expressions, phrasal verbs and collocations and other bits of language that you heard in that conversation? I've been through the conversation again and I've made a list. It's quite a big list. Uh, I don't know how long this is going to take. I'm going to try and do it quickly. I wonder how many of the phrases and bits of vocab in this list you actually noticed and uh, I wonder how many of them just passed you by. Um, We'll see. What you could do, of course, is after having heard me go through this list, you could listen to the conversation again. You might find, in fact, I'm sure you will find, that you will notice the phrases that you might have missed, understand them after I've explained them, and potentially pick them up, learn them, and start using them uh, yourselves, okay? So, and, and this isn't just Star Wars vocabulary, okay? It's all English that you can use to talk about all manner of different things, So this is your chance to broaden your vocabulary, increasing your understanding of not just this conversation, but native level English in general. Okay, so vocab. James said, uh, your daughter is gorgeous and all in one piece and very healthy and alert. It's a bit, it's a wonderful thing. And I'm now an an uncle. So there was a bit of chat about uh, the baby and uh, dad and James sort of... uh, uh, my dad becoming a granddad and James becoming an uncle. So James said, your daughter is gorgeous. Well, we know gorgeous, meaning sort of beautiful. Um, we do use gorgeous to describe people. Um, a gorgeous, Normally, well, for, for girls, I would say normally, she's absolutely gorgeous for a girl. Um, uh, in this case, for a baby. But you could also, you know, say it about a, uh, a an adult you know, a woman that you think is really attractive. You could say she's gorgeous as well. Um, and uh, your daughter is gorgeous and all in one piece. So an all in one piece just means that uh, she's not sort of damaged at all. That might sound strange, but, you know, when you see a newborn baby, that's one of the things that you kind of, that, that's one of the things that strikes you, isn't it? That you think, wow, they're so perfect. Everything's all in one piece. Like, it, this baby is new. It's just been like born and it's all sort of perfect everything in its right place and everything so uh it's all in one piece i mean you can say that about a child you could say that about you know anything really um like i don't know if you've just had an accident a car accident the car was smashed up but thankfully i was all in one piece meaning i wasn't injured or maybe you could say um i don't know i had a i had an accident uh and uh I know, uh, like our house, there was a fire in the house and uh, the fireman came in and put out the fire and some of my stuff was damaged. Thankfully, my record collection was all in one piece, meaning the, the record collection was undamaged. So anyway, uh, your daughter is gorgeous and all in one piece and very healthy and alert. Um, alert, A-L-E-R-T. Alert meaning sort of bright and uh, conscious of what's going on and uh, it's true when you look at, uh, uh, well, when we, we've been watching our daughter, of course, she's just a couple of weeks old and, you know, her eyes are wide open and she's sort of like looking around at everything, really taking it all in and she's very alert and, and sort of bright. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. And James said, I'm now an uncle. By the way, um, it it will probably really help you if you look at the page for this episode on the website and you'll see all of this all of this language in a big list. So listening to it's, you know, good, that's going to help. But what will, you know, push it further, uh, if you're really 
serious about learning this language, I do recommend that you actually look at this list. Um, Okay, so next thing. Dad said, on the subject of becoming a grandfather, uh, Dad said, I'm wearing a flat cap, smoking a pipe, sitting by the fire and dozing. So here he's just sort of giving a cliched vision of himself as a grandfather because, you know, we have a kind of a stereotype of a grandfather a fairly old-fashioned sort of stereotype of a grandfather that he uh, might be wearing a flat cap. This is a certain type of hat that, um, you know, older men used to wear. Um, and it's, yeah, it's often they would be made of tweed. Um, and uh, smoking a pipe, again, you'd imagine an older man might sit in an armchair in front of the fire wearing a cap and smoking a pipe and dozing. Dozing means like falling asleep, basically, or having little sleeps. So if you doze, it, it, you can imagine sitting in front of the fire um, and just dozing, you know, like falling asleep a little bit. We say to doze or to doze off. Um, okay, so dad was just sort of joking, um, painting this picture of him as this sort of stereotypical grandfather. Uh, I'm wearing a flat cap, smoking a pipe, sitting by the fire and dozing. And James said, well, no change there then. Um, which is just a way for him to actually say, well, actually, that you were already doing that. You don't need to be a grandfather to uh, spend your time sitting around falling asleep. Okay. Uh, Next thing, there's been a big backlash against this film from the diehard fans. So a backlash, this is when, um, like, basically a, a negative reaction to something, usually by a lot of people. So let's say when a new Star Wars film comes out and the press, perhaps, like in this case, the press might say some very positive things about it. But then the audience, uh, there there might be a very negative response from lots of people in the audience, not just in the cinema, but just generally. So that could be described as a backlash. Um, Trying to think of other examples of a backlash. Um, Let me think. Okay, here's an example. You might have seen the news about this YouTuber Uh, called Logan Paul. Have you seen this? Logan Paul is a YouTuber and he, um, there was a big backlash against um, one of his videos. In fact, several of his videos. I don't know if you knew about this, but uh, Logan Paul, a YouTuber, an American sort of uh, guy who filmed some videos in Japan. And basically it was him running around Japan doing extremely uh, inappropriate and offensive things. Um, just behaving in a way that is, you know, really, really impolite and rude in Japan and filming it all and posting it on YouTube just for sort of uh, entertainment value and making money from from his um, advertising on, on the channel. And also there was a moment where he uh, went into a, a forest near Mount Fuji, a forest which is quite famous for uh, for suicides. It's, a, it's sad. It's like a really sad story that in this part of Japan near Mount Fuji, there is a forest where it's difficult to get mobile phone for, uh, reception uh, which means it's difficult to locate people with their phones, you know. I think that's it. And this is a place where, you know, young people sometimes choose to go and and commit suicide. It's very serious and very sad. And Logan Paul went there and filmed a video uh, and he was just larking around, fooling around, being very sort of stupid. And I think they came across 
it's it's really shocking. They came across a a body in the forest, and he filmed his reaction. He was kind of laughing about it, and uh, he you know he posted this on onto his YouTube channel, and there was a massive backlash against him, uh, of course, as you'd expect, because people are criticising him for being really you know insensitive and inappropriate and stuff. So a backlash against Logan Paul, also a backlash uh, against. Uh, uh, Star Wars uh, The Last Jedi okay uh, a backlash against the film from diehard fans so a diehard fan is a, a fan who uh, basically a very very passionate fan a very serious fan is a diehard fan in this case um, next thing is uh, is there a theory that the score has been dragged down artificially so we're talking about the fact that uh, the the score for this film on Rotten Tomatoes is is you know much lower than the critics score so the audience score is at 56 percent or something and there are some suggestions that that number is is has actually been pulled down or dragged down by um maybe by uh bots you know like automatic uh, uh accounts or stuff you know no one's really sure about it some people say no it's just Lots of people don't like it, so they're genuine accounts. Or maybe these accounts are fake and they're just set up like you know, as, as sort of uh, automatic accounts or bots that have been pulling the score down artificially. So the expression I'm looking at here is to drag down, to drag something down. It's a bit like to pull something down, you know? Pulling down the score, the rating on Rotten Tomatoes, or in this case, dragging down. Now, dragging actually is, it would be like pulling something along the floor, Okay, imagine I don't know you've just chopped down a tree and you're and you you need to move the tree across a field. You would probably drag the tree across the floor, so the tree is on the floor and you drag it along the floor. You could potentially drag something down as well. Anyway, just a nice phrase, you know. Instead of saying moved down or brought down, you could say pulled down or dragged down. Um, the sequel trilogy is a return to form. So if something is a return to form, it means uh, it's when something has become good again. Uh, if something is, When we talk about form, we talk about uh, uh, quality of something or when something is done well. So, for example, in a football, a football player's um, form is used to talk about football players. So if someone is on good form, it means they're playing really well, okay? And if someone, you know, football players go through phases of playing well and playing badly. So um, if someone is uh, playing uh, football badly for a, for a few games, you can say his form has been really poor recently. And then, you know, an, an, and then another game happens and the player suddenly plays really well and scores a couple of goals and everyone says, oh, it's a return to form. You see? So on good form, on bad form, uh, and a return to form, okay? So the sequel trilogy is a return to form, some people say. Uh, a criticism of the film is that the characters are running out of steam. So I think we're talking about some of the characters from the original trilogy, like Han Solo, Princess Leia, and Luke Skywalker. They're running out of steam, uh, meaning that it's it's uh, there isn't much left for them to do, you know, in terms of their storylines. They've kind of done everything that they've that they could do in these films and so there's you know we don't know what the writers don't really know what to do with these characters anymore so if something's running out of steam it means they're running out of energy okay now steam you know is is what powers uh 
old-fashioned trains, you know, steam trains. So if a train is running out of steam, it means that it doesn't have the, the energy or power to keep it going. So you can say, you know, the characters are running out of steam. Well, you could say that you're running out of steam if basically if you're getting tired, you know, like I'm getting a bit tired. I, th- I think I'm running out of steam. I need a break. Okay. Next thing, it doesn't have the same wow factor as before. So they're exaggerating everything to keep it going. So this is um, referring to like all of the the big explosions. Like Dad said, there are too many explosions in in these films, uh, and so they're having to kind of amp up or ramp up the level of of uh, action every time, and it's getting bigger and bigger and a bit exaggerated. Um, and this is because. Um, uh, we're not surprised by space battles so much anymore. So they don't have the same wow factor as before. So wow factor is um, when something makes you go wow, okay? Wow. Like, for example, Jurassic Park. The original Jurassic Park had a lot of wow factor because it was the first time that we really saw computer-generated images done reasonably well. There's that moment in Jurassic Park when you see like the Brontosaurus or, or T-Rex, for example, and it's like, wow, look at that. So that's a wow factor. Nowadays, you're like, oh, just another CGI dinosaur, big deal. So CGI dinosaurs, to an extent, have lost their wow factor. Similarly, space, space battles and stuff have lost their wow factor. So they're, that's why they're having to exaggerate them. Next thing, it didn't have the same feeling as the originals. That's what you can boil it down to. So talking about the prequel films, how they looked different and they felt different to the original films. And so Dad said it didn't have the same feeling as the originals. That's what you can boil it down to. So to boil something down to something uh, literally could mean, you know, boiling all the water away. So let's say if you're making a bolognese sauce for your spaghetti bolognese, uh, you you know you put all the tomatoes in and the beef and all that stuff and the onions and things, and then you boil it down until it becomes a nice rich sauce. You're boiling the water away to get down to the the sort of uh, fundamental ingredients. You see, uh, but in this sense, uh, it, you can you can if you say that you boil something down, uh, it means that you summarize it. You know, you, you put it in 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 a summary. You see? So it's like saying basically. It didn't have the same feeling as, as the originals. That's what you can boil it down to. You see? That's how you can summarise it. Um, next thing, they added new scenes. Uh, they, they But this new scenes added nothing. They detracted from the originals. So um, if something detracts from something, it basically takes things away from it, making it not as good, okay? Uh, to detract from the originals. Okay, uh, next thing is, uh, uh, I was like you once. So this is from the little clip that you heard in this uh, conversation. I played a little clip from the TV show Spaced, because James and I and Dad were talking about it. This is a TV show in which one of the characters overreacts uh, when he uh, is talking to a child about the Phantom Menace and the child likes Jar Jar Binks and uh, the character Tim hates Jar Jar Binks and he he kind of overreacts and, and upsets the child and then his boss tells him off for it and says, you know, Tim, can I have a word with you, please? Uh, I was like you once, full of beans and spunk. Now, we've had the word spunk already, didn't we, in the last episode? I already explained that one to you. Slightly dodgy word. Uh, spunk, the, tr- the old-fashioned meaning of the word spunk meant sort of courage and bravery and, you know, um, full of beans. If you're full of beans, it means you're full of energy. 
and spunk, meaning sort of <laughs> bravery and courage and strength of character. Uh, but the other meaning of spunk is is uh, ruder, and it's stuff that comes out of. Oh, I'm, I, do I have to explain this again? Do I? I'm doing it again. Okay. Well, it's for the benefit of those of you learning English. Don't be disgusted. We, it's just bodies. Um, spunk is also semen. You know, stuff that comes out of the end of a gentleman's um, member. Okay. So anyway, Tim's boss says, I was like you once, full of beans and spunk. I punched a bloke in the face once for saying Hawk the Slayer was rubbish. So to punch a bloke in the face, a bloke means a man. It's the British English word for a man, isn't it? In America, you might say a guy, but in uh, British English, it could be a bloke. I punched a bloke in the face, meaning, you know, I hit a guy in the face once uh, because he said that Hawk the Slayer was rubbish. Hawk the Slayer is like a some fantasy movie. I've never seen it. Um, and um, the and he goes, uh, he went on to say, I was defending the fantasy genre with terminal intensity. So this is the problem that um, Tim's boss, played by Bill Bailey, is saying. I was defending the fantasy genre with terminal intensity, meaning uh, with too much intensity. Um when what I should have said is, Dad, you're right, but let's give Krull a try and we'll discuss it later. Okay, so this is funny because it reveals that the character was, the person he, he punched in the face was in fact his dad. Ha ha ha, it's a pullback and reveal joke. Uh, uh, I punched a bloke in the face for saying that Hawk the Slayer was rubbish. I was defending the fantasy genre with terminal intensity when what I should have said is, Dad, you're right, but let's give Krull a try and we'll discuss it later. Krull is another fantasy movie. Okay, all right. Um, still, on, still from that little scene from the TV show, um, there's the bit about Jar Jar Binks and Ewoks and and Shaft. Do you know Shaft? Shaft is um, uh, from a... Shaft is a movie from 1971... Um, and it's it's a it's a hilarious uh, not hilarious no it's it's cool it's a really cool film and it's got famous music um, by Isaac Hayes. Let me play some of that music to you. You might recognise it. So that, that's part of the theme tune to Shaft. Okay, now you're thinking, how does this relate to Star Wars? Well, it doesn't really. The, the reference to Shaft here is that Shaft is about this private detective, and he's the coolest guy ever, basically. He's just a really cool guy. If you, you, know, if you need a, um, a benchmark for, something, for a cool guy, then Shaft is, is that guy. And, the, and at the absolute opposite end of the spectrum is Jar Jar Binks, someone who's not cool at all, according to Tim in this TV show Spaced. So uh, the quote is, Jar Jar Binks makes the Ewoks look like fucking Shaft. So the Ewoks were annoying, but Jar Jar Binks is so annoying and terrible that by comparison, the Ewoks look extremely cool like Shaft. So this does not mean that Shaft looks like an Ewok. It just means that Shaft is very cool and Jar Jar is very uncool. And it's just it's just a good line. It's a funny line from the show. The TV show is called Spaced. 
directed by Edgar Wright, written by Simon Pegg and Jessica Stevenson, now Jessica Hines, and you really should watch it. It's brilliant. Next thing, um, Tim's boss says, Tim, I'm going to have to let you go. I'm going to have to let you go. Uh, if someone says that to you, it means that they, they are going to fire you from your job. For some reason, bosses, when they do fire people, they rarely say, you're fired, get your coat. They don't say that. Instead, they say, look, you know, I'm afraid it's just not working out. We're going to have to let you go. To let someone go just means to uh, fire someone, to dismiss someone from their job, to give them the sack. Okay. And uh, Tim in the scene didn't realise what that meant. He said, Tim, I'm going to have to let you go. And Tim went, phew, I thought you were going to fire me then. And then he realises, oh God, you are going to fire me. You should you should watch the show Spaced. It's brilliant. Next thing, um, I thought it went seriously downhill when they started to introduce teddy bears. If something goes downhill, it means it, it goes bad. You know, the quality level goes really bad. Okay. All right, I'm flying through these quickly because I'm conscious of time. Um, They used more animatronics and puppetry. Animatronics and puppetry. These are kinds of special effects that you might get in movies. Animatronics means sort of creating creatures using sort of mechanical um, devices, you know, like... um, I mean, if if you're making a dinosaur movie, you've basically got several ways of, of making the dinosaurs. You can use uh, computer-generated images or CGI to, to, to make them. Or you could use animatronics, which is where you make a sort of uh, mechanical uh, dinosaur and you program it to move in certain a certain way. That's animatronics, you see. And in Star Wars, they... In the in the recent films, they, they use a lot of animatronics, like actual real models that move. Uh, and puppetry as well. So puppets are a bit like animals or characters that you, that are controlled. You put your hand inside the puppet and you control it with your hand. Or maybe um, you can use your hand. Uh, there are strings that attach your hand to the puppet and you can kind of make the puppet move using the strings and, and your hand. So that's puppetry uh, using puppets and animatronics. Okay. Uh, there. Uh, next thing. There are a number of set pieces. It moves from one set piece to another set piece. So set pieces, a set piece is a moment in a film where a particular big bit of action happens, like a memorable scene uh, where a big bit of action occurs. And it probably takes place over a few minutes. Um, I don't know, let's see, a, a famous set piece would be from Jurassic Park, that scene where the kids are in the Range Rover, uh, the ki- or the jeep or whatever it is the kids are in the jeep and the glass of water starts rippling and you realize that a big monster is coming and then there's the whole set piece of the t-rex arriving and attacking the car and all that stuff so that is a set piece you see and in in you know many films you get big set pieces as well and in, in certainly in the last jedi there are a number of set pieces like the one at the beginning with the bombing run uh, set in space and then there's the the lightsaber fight and then there's the the bit at the end between Luke Skywalker and Kylo Ren. These are set pieces in films, you see. Uh, Dad said, I thought it was a little bit trying too hard. It was a bit frenetic. So frenetic. This means like fast and energetic in a rather wild and uncontrolled way. Okay, fast and energetic, but maybe a bit too much. So it's a little bit out of control, a bit wild. Um, that's that was my dad's opinion. Uh, the film was a bit frenetic, and he enjoyed the slower uh, moments in the film. 
Um, he said, uh, it does go on a bit. If something goes on a bit, it means that it, it continues for, for too long. So the film is two and a half hours long. So yeah, it does go on a bit. A bit like probably this episode of the podcast. It may be going on a bit, but uh, you, you don't mind, do you? No, if you're still listening, you probably don't mind. It would be weird, wouldn't it, if you were listening to this and going, oh God, you know, is, is it still going? You, you could just stop listening if you want. Press the pause button, go and do what you've got to do. Come back and carry on. Yes, I've said it already a number of times. Okay, next thing. I thought they could have done without the cute creatures. <clears throat> so... Um, they could have done without the cute creatures. Nice expression here, which is to to do without something or to say, I can do without something. So if you can do without something, it means that you would rather it wasn't there. I could, I can do without it or I could do without it. I could do without that, to be honest, meaning I'd rather that wasn't there. Um, so in this case, dad is saying I, uh, they could have done without uh, the uh, cute creatures, meaning he didn't think the cute creatures were necessary. Mm-hmm. I could do without that, to be honest. I could do without that. I'm trying to think of another example. Uh, I could do without that. Uh, someone's just served you some food, right? And you're giving your opinion of the food. Well, you know, to be honest, I could do without all of the... Uh, uh, like, you know, when I go to, to a French restaurant sometimes, I love French food, but sometimes I go to French restaurants and it's a bit too pretentious. And it's like they've made some very nice food, but then there's all these other things, like like lots of decorations on the plate. And I think to myself, well, I could do without all the decorations, to be honest. I'm just happy just to eat a nice, simple plate of food. You know, I could do without all of those dots and lines and things. Don't need all that stuff. Okay, um, right. So I could do without. They could have done without. So that's the past, isn't it? They could have done without the cute creatures. Uh, To be honest, I kind of got over my Star Wars obsession when I was about 12 to get over something. This is a, a fairly common phrasal verb. You might know it already, but I'm saying it here because it's a, a really good one, I think. To get over something, it's kind of to overcome something. Um, usually you, you get over a problem, like you might get over a cold. You know, you catch a cold and then it takes you a few days to get over it. If you uh, break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend, it might take you a few months to get over it. Or in this case, uh, if you have a Star Wars obsession, you might get over that. And the suggestion here is that James is subtly saying that a Star Wars obsession is a is a thing that you should really move beyond. It's something you need. To, it, it's not really something you should, you know, have throughout your life. So he's saying, I got over my Star Wars obsession as if a Star Wars obsession is a is a bad thing. Uh, I got over it when I was 12, which is another way of saying these people who are still obsessed with Star Wars, <clears throat> naming no names, uh, that that's, um, that's not a good thing. He said, I'm not one of those rabid fans uh, rabbit, a rabid fan. So rabid comes from the word rabies. Rabies is like a uh, an, an illness uh, that typically affects dogs. So uh, dogs that have rabies, they sort of, it, it, um, it makes them go mad and it can make them go very, very angry and they get like a lot of uh, f- uh, saliva and froth coming out of their mouths. Okay, you know, do you know this illness? I think it's probably been wiped out in many places. But anyway, rabies. Okay, so if if a dog has rabies, it's it it's infected with this thing that makes it go very angry and mad and aggressive, um, and they can be very dangerous. Uh, dogs with rabies or rabid or rabid dogs. Okay, so in this case, we're using the word rabid 
uh, for fans. So if you're a rabid fan, it means you're like a crazy fan, basically. Okay, next thing is I'm starting to warm to the new characters. If you're warming to something, like warm meaning a bit hot, I'm starting to warm to the new characters. If you're warming to something, it means that you're starting to like them. Okay, I'm warming to blah, blah, blah. I'm warming to the new characters, meaning I'm, I'm starting to like the new characters. So next thing is, uh, Dad said there were too many explosions. And then James said, oh, I know what you mean. It's the law of diminishing returns. So the law of diminishing returns. This is basically a way of saying, it's a way of uh, referring to a point at which the level of profit or benefits gained is less than the amount of money or energy invested. Uh-huh. Yeah, so the law of diminishing... It's a, it's a bit of a complicated one to explain. Uh, the law of diminishing returns. So, uh, yeah, in economics, diminishing returns is the decrease in the uh, output of a production process as the... No, no, that's too complicated. Let's see. Okay, let's put it into context with Star Wars. So, law of diminishing returns. Okay, so... Going back to that thing of how uh, the wow factor has gone out of some of this, some of the action in Star Wars, so that um, like the the initial the, the initial point of setting a, an adventure film in space, uh, it does have a lot of wow factor. Like like for example, the original Star Wars film. Wow, look at this incredible special effects, like spaceships in 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 space fighting each other, incredible, and uh, that value is starting that's becoming less and less surprising and amazing and so as a result they have to work extra hard now but the 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 profits they get not monetary profits but in terms of wow factor the the profits or benefits they get from what they're doing are less now because we've become a bit desensitized to you know the amazing special effects so now what they have to do is work extra hard in order to make sure that the wow factor is there so they're working harder they're working really hard and yet not getting this quite the same level of wow factor that they were before and this is the law of diminishing returns that the in uh, there is a point at which uh the amount of work that you put in is not matched by the benefits or profits that you get out of it Huh, okay, the law of diminishing returns. You see one explosion and it's, oh, wow. And then you see a hundred explosions and it's like, meh. Okay, uh, next thing. I liked the bit when they when the guy got chucked into the extractor fan. So referring to the fight between Kylo and Rey and those red Praetorian guards in the throne room, there's a moment where one of the guards gets chucked into the extractor fan. You've got to be pretty quick to see that. Uh, moment it only happens for a second but a guy gets one of the guards gets thrown into what looks like a fan and he kind of gets chopped up he gets shredded so the expression i'm looking at here is he got chucked into something chuck to chuck something means to throw something okay so if you get chucked into something it means you get thrown into something okay all right so in this case uh, one of the guards got chucked into the extractor fan he, it, it was like he got chucked into a lettuce shredder. Bits of him went flying out. That was cool. <laughs> it was cool. It was quite a funny little moment where this guard falls into this, what looks like an extractor fan, and gets shredded. And we don't see any more of that uh, again. You know, We don't know what the extractor fan was. We don't know why he got chopped up. Just a funny little moment. Funny. 
I suppose. Um, so the extractor fan or lettuce shredder, uh, and James said they should have a grill over that or some sort of guard rail. So he's sort of ironically talking about how that's kind of a health and safety issue. Having an exposed extractor fan like that could be dangerous. Someone could f- slip and fall into it. It's a health and safety issue. Health and safety, um, this is a well-known um, collocation, health and safety, referring to um, the, the, you know, the, the legislation uh, or law uh, regulations uh, that affect things like public spaces and, and workspaces. And if you, you know, if you work in an office in the UK, uh, it's very important that you um, respect the health and safety uh, legislation, which could be, for example, you can't leave um, objects um, in in certain positions because they can be very dangerous to people, and uh, you know, just health and safety um, re- regulations. It's a very well known phrase. It's a well, it's a bit of a health and safety issue, or oh, that's a health and safety nightmare. That is, for example, when I used to work at the school in London, sometimes we would take the students out uh, on day trips. We would go and visit parts of London. And that was a bit of a health and safety issue because we had to write uh, health and safety risk assessments where we had to write down all the potential um, uh, risks of taking the students out because, you know, we were responsible for the students' safety to an extent. And so we'd have to write the risk assessment, like, for example, writing uh, potential dangers include crossing the road and, you know, uh, ways to prevent accidents. Well, make sure that you look to the left and to the right before you cross, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, Health and safety regulations. James said about the film, to me, it needs a bit of lightening up. It needs a bit of lightening up. I don't want it to be like one of these superhero films like Batman, where everything's deadly serious and shrouded in seriousness and doom. So if something needs lightening up, so to lighten up uh, means to become a bit lighter, meaning become less serious. You might say that to someone. Oh, come on, lighten up. Lighten up. Don't be so depressed. Come on, lighten up. Okay. Um, And in this case, the film needs a bit of lightening up. It needs, it's interesting that that, uh, that structure, it needs, and then ING. For example, you know, the, my car needs cleaning. Uh, my, um, you know, the, this door needs fixing. The film needs lightening up. It means it needs to be lightened up. I don't want it to be like one of those superhero films, like Batman, where everything's deadly serious. So that's a nice collocation, deadly serious. And shrouded in seriousness. Shrouded. A shroud is like a a, a blanket or a, a scarf that would cover your body. Okay, a shroud like that. So shrouded. In this case, uh, a film like Batman The Dark Knight is shrouded in seriousness, meaning covered in seriousness. Um, And James said, come on, about Star Wars. He said, come on, it's a kid's film. Just lighten up. Um... And uh, then referring to the, the, the moment in the film where Luke Skywalker milks a sea alien, meaning he extracts milk from this alien, James said, I thought that was wrong on many levels. So if you describe something as wrong, now we know the word wrong, it's the opposite of right. For example, did you get the answer right or wrong? Uh, but we also, these days in, in British English, and probably in American English too, we also use the word wrong to mean inappropriate. So that's just wrong, that is, meaning that's inappropriate for things like bad behaviour, 
or maybe moments in a film or something. I think that was just wrong on many levels. So James thought the mo- the green milk scene was wrong on many levels because it's kind of weird that the, this this alien has got like breasts and Luke Skywalker milks the you know he extracts the milk from this animal's breasts and then drinks the milk uh, and the milk runs down his beard and the animal is there kind of looking a bit satisfied and it's a bit weird and a bit creepy and just wrong on many levels but I laughed okay and uh, you heard us talking about this actor Adrian Edmondson who is uh, one of the officers on the First Order ship. And James said, every time, every moment he was on screen, I was stoked. So stoked is a bit of, I guess, colloquial English, a bit of slang. And if you're stoked, it means you're pleased or enthusiastic and, and happy about something. Um, okay, so in this case, uh, whenever he saw Aid Edmondson on screen, he was stoked, like kind of, yeah, kind of given a, a lift and in, made in, made to be enthusiastic and pleased. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I've got more items in this list here. The list goes on, but um, I'm I'm not going to let this episode go on too long. Some of you are probably fine with it, but I, I've just decided I think I'm going to uh, kind of cut things off here. Uh, but what I will do is finish going through the list. And then I'll I'll put the, the, the rest of this list, so the rest of my description and, and definitions and explanations, I'll put that into the uh, into the app, uh, the Luke's English Podcast app, um, as bonus content for this episode, okay? So if you're listening in the app and you've got to this point and you'd like to keep listening to my explanations, then just um, click on the little gift box and you can get the bonus audio and then you can keep listening, you see? All right, then. Fine. So uh, let's do that then. All right, good. And let me just uh, make a note of where I'm going to stop here. I'm going to stop there. Um, Okay. All right. So let me remind you that you should go to the page for the episode and and look at that list. If you are listening to this in the app, I think that the list will probably be there in the app as well for you. And, uh, and, And, you know, seeing the phrases... Uh, at least reading them and seeing how they're spelt and stuff can be can be really useful. Uh, you could, you know, as I've said before, take these bits of English, put them in your own lists, put them in your flashcard apps and stuff like that. Play around with them, make sentences yourselves. You know, repeat after me and all that kind of thing. And that's a really good way of properly building on your English here beyond just listening for pleasure. Okay, thank you so much for listening this far. Um, and um, the podcast will be back uh, on uh, more familiar ground soon in terms of topics and stuff, I expect. Um, Everything's fine uh, here at at home. Our baby is doing well. Thanks very much. I had some really, really nice responses to episode 502. Loads of people who I'd never heard from before took the time to leave comments on the website and send me messages in other ways just to say congratulations and just to tell me how sort of touched they were to 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 hear the episode and people have commented on uh, my wife's english and said how how nice her voice is it's true isn't it she's got a lovely voice that's one of the reasons why i married her okay all right then so i'll speak to you again uh, on the podcast soon remember there's more of this vocab in the app as the bonus content for this episode all right then cool don't forget to join the mailing list on the website that's where you can get a link in your inbox whenever i've published a new episode 
Uh, but for now, I'll just say goodbye then. So here we go. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.